really the bats have just not shown up. Um, Colin Moran has probably led the charge more than he should be expected to. But uh, regardless, it's great to have you back for another week of the Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. My name's Gary Morgan. I'll be your host. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at GaryMO2007. Or uh, you can read anything I write about the Pirates on InsideTheBucksBasement.com. And uh, today, to help me work through some of the topics that we've seen from the first week or so, is uh, my good friend Cody Patanko. He writes for Rum Bunter, and uh, he's very active on Twitter, huge Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and uh, sports in general that wear the black and gold. And I'd also like to welcome back to the show another good friend of mine, Graves. She has been on the show countless times now, <laughs> and uh, she always lends a, uh, a level of expertise that I'm super excited to have part of this show, too. The bullpen has to be a strength for this club, right? I think maybe the maybe the question really lies back in the rotation as to why this is so important. But, I mean, the question you have to ask is, is it sustainable? I, I mean, I don't think it could possibly be. Um, I can't see this bullpen handling five to six innings a game and continuing to look good or even starting to look good, for that matter. Um we're already starting to see some cracks. You know, I, I think, I think Holmes, for instance, is getting exposed a little bit more than they'd like to. And Stratton has even not looked great. And, uh, you know, he was somebody I, I truly expected to be good. Certainly some of that could just be what happens when a reliever is asked to enter a game down 10, you know, <laughs> well, you know, they don't throw the same pitches. They're not, they're not going out there hunting strikeouts like they are in a a crucial situation trying to keep a one-run lead they're trying to get contact and outs and eat innings you know so a lot of time they'll sacrifice their their stats to get to that point so cody first of all did they bring the right mix north in the pen and what do you think they they can do to keep it afloat i i tell you this i i was very questionable when they brought in Dwayne underwood jr I didn't get the move at first. I really didn't. But he's one of those guys that I think can become maybe not the best bullpen arm, but one of the most consistent bullpen arms. Um, Bednar, I mean, what's not to like about him? I, I like him a lot. Uh, what's not to like about a Mars high school grad, you know, pitching for the Pirates? It's, it's every kid's dream, especially coming from Pittsburgh area. Um, but to answer your question, I – I think Will Crow should be in the bullpen. I really do, but I get it. He has options, and some guys don't, and you got to bite the bullet. Um, Feliz, I, I don't like at all. I think that experiment has gone extremely south, and I think he should go quickly. I think the DFA is coming soon for him. Um, wow. I, I, I know he's not in the bullpen, but I think the same for Polanco. Sorry to go off topic, but – um, very topic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, Philip <laughs> Evans pitched, man. Philip Evans pitched, so I think I can mention Polanco. So. Well, now I want to see Polanco pitch. I think yeah. that has, I think Why that has not? gift potential, like you wouldn't believe. Why not, man? <laughs> what do we have to lose? You should exactly. do it righty too. Why yeah. not confuse everyone? <laughs> But I, I think Bednar's your closer. I, I really do. I think he has that kind of stuff. He's a def, he's definitely your back arm, back end bullpen guy. Um, but he's he's the brightest spot in the bullpen. But Dwayne Underwood, I think, is um, the most consistent bullpen arm that we're going to have this season. Okay, I'll circle back to my thoughts on on that after Graves has a shot here because I don't want to take all the options. Well, and I think. I think I'm going to chime in on Dwayne Underwood Jr. as well. I I, I was the fan of of, uh, of, of getting him. Um, I, I've watched him pitch a lot, and he has good stuff. And and I go back to uh, I think uh, Oscar Marine met him in this this off season, and they they worked out together. So Oscar, uh, I, I'm I'm trusting in Oscar that he saw something and. Uh, uh, Underwood's already pitched 4.2 innings 
um, this year out of relief. So look good too. He's looked so, pretty good. Yeah, and he's and he's looked good. So I think I think they do. Uh, they they want to see what he can do, and and right now he's he's performing. Um, as far is it sustainable to to keep this up? Um, the simple answer is is no. But uh, um, but like I, I said previously, I think Shelton has done a nice job of uh, using the guys and and uh, breaking you know uh, give you know giving them their their days off and then and then coming back out um it it is uh, a little scary to think that they're going to have to cover you know six innings every game um and, yeah I, and I don't think i don't think that's even possible i really don't and yeah I, the thing that that scares me most about the bullpen is i think what's going to happen if the starters don't get it together if if the starters don't get it together you're going to see some two inning guys have to turn into three inning guys Right. And once you get to the point where your bullpen arms are starting to go through a lineup one and a half times, you know, that's when things start to get real hairy because there's a reason they profile as bullpen arms. It's because you don't want them seeing the lineup a couple times. Exactly. And even like uh, somebody who has a ton of promise, Luis Oviedo, right? Oh, okay, man. Okay. Now the reason that that kid has a lot of promises is not only that he that he has great stuff; it's that he he profiles as a starter. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy who you probably could stretch out to like three, four innings, and then maybe you'd almost formally make him like the back end of a piggyback, like we were saying. Yeah. Right. You know, it might actually play out better if they designated a long relief guy to kind of bounce along with all the starters if you're going to have nine of them problem is those two combined while we're saying it's unrealistic to ask for seven out of a starter those two combined better get you seven because if not you're in a lot of trouble you know (laughs) absolutely a four and a three get get, your starter gets your four and then oviedo whoever you designate as your long relief man gives you three it's very very reasonable yeah i mean i like that idea i don't like trying to turn um you know howard into that i don't like i don't like trying to get two innings out of uh michael feliz i don't like trying to get right but that's where we're getting to is where guys who traditionally would only throw one were asking for two guys who would traditionally only throw two were asking for two and a half three you know and that that's where it starts to get scary yeah and i think i think you could include underwood crow and oviedo um all three of them have starter potential and they could you know give you those extra innings to to, to, to stretch out. Um, See, the only thing on the crow and the bullpen thing, wouldn't you just put Cahill in the bullpen and start crow? I mean, I would. Yeah, sure. You could, crow, you crow was already sure. stretched out to be, you know, a starter. That's what we were supposed to be seeing. Right. So, hey, maybe it makes more sense to just go ahead and put him in that role, move Cahill back to that long relief space that we were talking about. Yeah. Tuck him out of the way. I mean, I, I mean, what Cahill did the other day in Cincinnati didn't alarm me at all. That's exactly what I spe- expect Cahill to do. Mm-hmm. I expect him to throw the exact same set of pitches to every hitter that he faces. And if they hit it, they hit it. I mean, <laughs> that's his game. In some right. games, that's going to be a shutout. Some games, that's going to give five runs up. Some games he's going to strike out the side and look like a dominant feature of the bullpen. That's just the way he is. I think he preferred the bullpen as well. I think he said. He said he really didn't care, but I mean, he's given a veteran answer there. I mean, well, yeah, I think, uh, I think he knows for him, if he could somehow latch on and, and make something of this opportunity to start, he'd probably make more next year somewhere. Sure. So, probably be a good thing for him to, to latch on and stick there. But I also think he's the type of guy at this point where he knows he's going to pitch in a different place next year. 
why bother getting attached or worried about my role? I'm just going to do whatever they ask me and move on to my next gig. Yeah. You know, I, that's, there's a place for guys right. like him, but I don't think there's a long lasting place if they don't perform because mm-hmm. they have nothing to lose or gain yeah. by keeping him. And right now you can't tell me that Jeff Hartlieb doesn't play a better role on this team than, than Trevor Cahill. Right. Oh, absolutely. I'm a big fan of Jeff Hartley, and I was saddened to hear he got sent down. I understood it again, though. Options, like you were saying. Options, of course. But, you know, some of the guys that we've kept, eh, I'm not so sure that I would have chosen them. Even I I was big on Edgar Santana. I didn't understand that move either, really. But I just assume there must be something that I don't know underneath everything because. I didn't feel like he did anything in spring training that showed me he wasn't okay, but they clearly didn't like something they saw. Yeah. Santana was better than about two or three other arms in this bullpen right now. Not sure I could say that. He has better stuff maybe, but (laughs) I don't don't know who you would say that over. At least Feliz, man. Uh, I don't know. Feliz has great stuff. Feliz just doesn't use it properly that's that's a very common yeah. theme with a whole bunch of these arms it certainly well. is yeah but like will crow he doesn't have great stuff and i mm-hmm. think in his bullpen um outing that he had in the first game you know he showed it he didn't it have great stuff it was right yeah. Off, yeah. but if you uh you give him a role where he's supposed to work his way in and and just take a few innings at the beginning of the game four five i think he he can be pretty serviceable i, I think he'd be better than than cahill right now mm-hmm. for sure and i'd rather see what he can do anyway so yeah i don't care this like i understand getting cahill i don't understand uh like say two months from now if this is still kind of where we're at he's three four innings of you know pretty much garbage for the most part and <laughs> good a quarter of the time Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they'll be holding on to him is my point, like praying for a trade. Yeah. I think we might be past that at least. And that that's a good thing. We should be, it is. we should be praising whoever we worship individually that that's the case because <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I just can't, uh, I can't see it sticking like that. Um, right. So we talked about Jeff Hartlieb as being somebody else that they could call on in the bullpen and now i know we we initially said we weren't going to touch on a lot of the injured guys but at some point stephen brault's going to come back i would assume he'll jump right back into starting jose soriano is going to be coming back off of his um tommy john surgery so where does he slot in do you use him in the bullpen he's a roll five guy um now the perception of roll five guys is that you have to protect them or hide them somewhere. But Oviedo looks like he'd rather be on a billboard out front. Yes. So, and, and by all accounts, Soriano is the better of the two prospects. So (laughs) that's, that should open some eyes if he comes back and pitches anything like Oviedo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But do you start him in the pen? I mean, I don't think you're going to try to work him back into starting right away. Would you? No, no. He's a pen guy for now, Um, especially coming off the Tommy John surgery. uh, You want to protect that arm uh, as much as you can. Let him go one inning, maybe two at the most. But he's definitely a bullpen guy for me. And I see them having the rehab take as long as it possibly can. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Better safe than sorry, right? Right. (laughs) And then you've got Cody Ponce, which, you know, he's on the 10-day IL, but – as we all know, those numbers don't really mean anything. Right. So if he's really back in a, in a few days, you know, they're going to have an option to either send him to the training site or flip something up maybe into the bullpen um, or even potentially into the, into a starting role. He's, he was stretched out pretty well as well. That's, that's what I was going to say. They, I think they had the eyes on him being, being a starter because they have been stretching him out. So that's, uh, you know, if, if they do that immediately, I guess uh, time will tell. But uh, he's, uh, 
I think we'll, we will definitely see him in the uh, rotation this year. I mean, it sounds to me like, and it would probably be wise to send him to the training site and let him get a little bit of work in before right. they would they would try to bring him back up here. Before throwing him in the fire, yeah. that they've been very sparing with this year um, with as much work as the bullpen's got Kyle Crick I've only seen him go once I think I'd have yep. to double check yeah once went, with one, one inning yeah yeah, yeah. So that, he looked wild uh, at first and he then always he looks wild down. though so like that yeah that strikes me as suspect like I wonder if there isn't still something going on with him that that they weren't real upfront about because the velocity mm-hmm. did start to come back in the spring yeah right. i saw it at 94 i mean that's pretty much prick territory right but i wonder if to get back to hit that magic number which he definitely needs for that slider to play mm-hmm. i wonder if they picked up on something else you know because they're using him very sparingly and i would think that just if you're going to use michael feliz a couple times Mm-hmm. probably ought to find a place to use Kyle Crick a couple times. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. and especially right now, if you're going to be losing games by 10 runs, which, you know, you hope that doesn't stick, but if you're going to be losing by 10 runs, you should be getting answers on some of these guys and like, and throwing exactly. them out there. Like, right. I liked seeing them uh, use Oviedo with a one run lead the other day. I thought that mm-hmm. was a good confidence um, message for the kid, yeah. you know, like yeah. you're not just here to ride on the roster. We want you to play a role. Right. I thought that was a good thing to do. Sending him back out for the second inning. Okay. You know, I get it. Cause you kind of want to stretch this kid out. He was a starter. He's always been a starter. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can get, I can get down with that, but maybe we should spread the wealth a little bit here in the very beginning when you're eating up that many innings. If you feel the need to throw Phil Evans out there to eat an inning. Um, okay. <laughs> but I have, I've only seen Kyle Crick pitch once this year. Why, exactly. why not use him? I mean, yeah. Phil Evans did get a one, two, three inning. Man. He did. He He's did. been very he efficient. <laughs> I mean, his whip is through is, is it's absolutely insane. Skyrocketed, man. <laughs> but he's, he's rising up the rankings. But my point is, if you felt the need to do that, okay, why not throw Kyle Kirk out there? Yeah, yeah. I want to see him well. pitch. What yeah. do you right. say? Like mm-hmm. that that's the kind of stuff I think they need to start answering now, not not later. I, I'd rather not see Crick come in protecting a two run lead tomorrow versus coming in and, and trying to get his sea legs back under him yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, the slider looked really rough against left-handed hitting. Uh, it, it just went all the way. It wild throws, man. It I, And I get that's what he's like, but there's got to be some kind of control on his stuff, man. There some is. And, and it came from ramping back in, mm-hmm. in spring. He ramped back on his velocity for his slider and his fastball. Right. And, and it played really well, but Ultimately, when you start facing professional hitters, you know, yeah. which it could be argued he really wasn't a lot of the time in the spring. And I think they were being very protective of him then too, which is yeah, still yeah. questionable to me. But and we're still seeing it now. Yeah. yeah they had him ramping back to like 92, 91, and then his right. slider was coming in at 88 to 89, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Well, the way that he throws that he all of that, all of the spin that he generates goes out the window when he doesn't ramp up. Mm-hmm. So the slider is not as effective, but he can control it. So I see you like teaching him that so that he can use it to reach like an outside corner and try to paint a corner to get a strikeout. I, yeah. I understand having that in your toolbox. It's actually a good thing to change your speeds. But every time he tries to throw things with authority, he loses them. That two seam just sails on him straight up north, and that slider just takes off. And I mean, it's a Rizzo knee killer, is what it is. 
It, it really is, man. <laughs> right in there, like right yeah. outside, man. It, it, crazy. And then he even threw in a changeup in his first outing, which shocked right. me. I think he threw three of those last year. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they are working on something with him, but, you know, is is right now in this bullpen that's being taxed this badly a place to be tucking somebody that you're working on something with? Right. And if you're going to work on something, why not have him work on it in game time? It, it's a rebuilding year, so why exactly. not work on it? Exactly. Yeah. Down yeah. by however many. Exactly. Right. Throw 10 change-ups. Go ahead. We're losing by 10 anyways, man. Exactly. And that's what Evans is going to do. Exactly. So, I mean, well, so don't worry about getting embarrassed. Send him out right. there to work on something. Say, hey, right. I know what the scoreboard says, but to you, we're tied. Yeah. Exactly. Get us there. Yeah. You know, I want to see that kid show us that he's back. Yeah. And if he isn't, let's move on. I mean, what yeah. are we what are we holding on to it for? Right. <laughs> like, and, and it's not like I'm against Kyle Kirk in particular. It's just I haven't seen him pitch. They even found a reason to to have rich rod pitch a couple times yeah you know that makes no sense to me i just maybe I, they're maybe they're keeping crick in the bullpen because he's showing people how to throw right hooks i heard he has a hell of a right hook man <laughs> you might be right i wonder <laughs> if he can teach him how to do it without breaking his hand right we'll see <laughs> you know uh, it's it is what it is um i think i think the bullpen though it's going to be a story all season because, you know, while I do think the rotation for a lot of the reasons we talked about is going to get better by the end of the year, um, I think it's going to get stretched out. And I think there's going to be some real talent coming into the fold, like Yuri, like mm-hmm. even potentially if they wanted to, they could go Oviedo. Uh, I'm not sure I would, but, but they would. could. Yeah. Uh, Soriano could. Um, Will Crow definitely could. Cody Ponce. I I think Cody Bolton's probably kind of out of the picture on that. You know, I think he got brought up a lot because they didn't have anything else. And then Ben yeah. brought in all these players, and now they have other options. You know, you could probably yeah. even see Wright at some point. Yeah. I, I want to see that. I want to see that knuckleball, man. I yeah, see I, knuckleball. I, I, I just yeah. want to see that. I mean, I, it's, for, I forgot about right as being an option. Yeah. I mean, I I'm not a huge believer, <laughs> but I mean, if he comes up and he can eat innings, who cares? You know, exactly. Yeah, That's I wouldn't mind seeing what we that. need. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. The bullpen, like I said, is going to be a story all year, and I, I think this won't be the last time we talk about it. I'm sure. So. Let's uh, let's take another break here, and when we come back, I think it's time for us to give some unsolicited advice to this ball club. You know, they're not asking, but I think we should tell. show everyone uh, we all have an opinion on how the team could f- perform better with with what they have or how they deploy their players you know <laughs> there's there's got to be something that can be done with this mix of players there's some talent there we're just not seeing it brought out one of the things that this club has continually said was their goal was to not only acquire better players but it was to make what we had better so that's what the team is putting out there as far as how they want to get to the next step. They don't want to just wash away what's here. They want to improve it and clean it, find the gold nuggets, right? So right. I think we should start finishing up the, the first week of baseball here with us discussing some impassioned pleas we have to the Buckos to please do something different, Okay. <laughs> I think it's just time for some unsolicited ideas. Graves, I'm going to start with you because I know that you're not afraid to share your opinions about what. They no, and do. I, I, I love, I love this question, and uh, I think one that I came up with is the competition isn't over. You know, 
Alfred and Fowler and, and uh, you know, whoever else you want to put in that list, you know, Polanco, they made the opening day roster. Okay, fine. During spring training, when these guys were competing for a job, we saw very different players. They, they were focused. They had an approach in their bats. Right. Uh, we were seeing solid defense. So I think a, a, a simple reminder is just to, to let these guys know, hey, if you're not getting the job done, me, next man up. You know, yeah, right. uh, Troy Stokes Jr. looked great in spring training. All of them look great in spring training. You know, I don't think these guys should be feeling too comfortable and think, hey, we've made it. You know, I can just sit back and relax. They've got to perform. Is that something you feel you've observed? Do you feel like like that's something you've seen, that you feel like some of them have kind of rested on their laurels a little bit? I I think, yeah, I do. Um, You know, it's just, and it's just an, an observation I, I, uh, um, that, that I'm seeing that, uh, you know, Polanco has looked, has looked horrible. Um, and just to be clear, a, you're not talking like his disinterested look or the fact that he smiles, right? You're talking about, no. right. I'm you're talking, talking about, about his actual approach. I'm talking yeah. about his actual approach in the batter's box. I just want I mean, to make sure that everybody knows we're having real baseball conversations still. We're not talking about the fact that somebody <laughs> smiles or didn't no. pat somebody on the butt the right way. Right. No, this is, yeah. The, the approach seems to, to be, to be gone. Um, and, in a few, of, in a few of these guys and, and, and it's, uh, you know, they had decent springs. They, they competed, they earned the, the job that they have. And now we're seeing, seeing it slide back. I mean, Alfred has had some, some horrible uh, at bats. Polanco's had horrible at bats. And I just don't want, I don't want anybody getting too comfortable um, thinking that, you know, their, their job is safe because they're, there's, there's some five folks waiting to, to take their place and, yeah. and, and, and we could, we could easily see it. Definitely. Um, Nobody should have the bomber jacket on saying mission accomplished for sure. Exactly. You and know, and let's, before we get on to more from you, cause I know you got a whole list. Let's bounce around here because I think Cody needs a shot and we'll right. keep, we'll keep floating around. How about uh, it? Cody? Yeah. Uh, uh, you hit the nail on the head with Polanco, especially. And I think we see two different approaches from two different players. We see Colin Moran, who is a lefty, as well as Polanco. And Colin Moran has figured out how to go in the opposite field. They made the shift on Colin Moran, and he just pokes it out into the opposite end of the field and gets base hits. And we've seen Colin Moran's power a little bit here, too. He goes oppo. And I I don't understand why Polanco hasn't observed this or at least throw down a bunt down the third base line to try to keep them honest, man. I mean, we need base runners. Small ball has been one of the biggest things that I've wanted to see from the Pirates because Clint Hurdle was one of the worst people when it came to small ball. He didn't love it. I want to see Shelton kind of move towards the small ball because there isn't a whole lot of power on this club. There just isn't. You, yeah, you may have I, some. I don't know that I consider Shelton a small ball coach because of where he came. No, from. I don't either. I, I don't either. But, but maybe I'm, I'm not thinking say, back far enough because he did it in Tampa. So you know, maybe it is something that he he has in his bloodline, and he just mm-hmm. you know was letting Rocco do his thing over in Minnesota. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. And, and, you want to see more small balls? Has been, what you're saying from Polanco specifically. I think everyone needs to learn from Colin Moran and take some of those uh, approaches. I, like you said earlier in the day, we need to make the counts go deeper. We need to throw some bunts down. We need to just go opposite field, man, because defensive switches in the infield are at an all-time high. Shifts are at an all-time high. So why not get a free base? You know, someone might get lucky and hit a two run homer. Someone might do the same thing. It's, it's insanity to me. It seems so simple, but yet they're not executing on the simplicity of the game. All right. So I'll do 
my first unsolicited advice. <laughs> if you're going to continue to extreme shift, please somebody communicate to the pitcher and the catcher that that is what we are doing. So if you shift everybody to the left and then pitch them outside, guess where the ball is going to go? It's going to go to the right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're forcing the contact to the right. Mm -hmm. So don't extreme shift. I don't, I don't understand that. There can't be an analytic that backs that up. No. I mean, I understand the shift if you're going to pitch somebody straight up and you expect them to pull it or whatever. I 100% I, I understand that. I get behind it. I, I get what they're doing. But pitch to it. Don't pitch to, to defeat yourself. Far too often they're giving up these seeing eye singles and they're going right through the extreme shift and mm -hmm. I'm watching the ball be pitched in that direction. That's maddening. It's maddening. Yeah. And it makes the defense look incompetent. It really, yeah, does. it really does. It does. And defense has been one of the biggest uh, faults for the Pirates. I mean, we saw errors at an all-time high. We saw defensive blunders at an all-time high. And everyone was hoping that Cabrian Hayes, which unfortunately he's on the IL now, uh, would somehow boost those defensive numbers. I mean, look at the defensive. I don't know if you want to call them stalwarts on the team, but you got Jacob Stallings, who was robbed of a gold glove, in my opinion. You have Adam Frazier, who's a perennial gold glove second baseman. You have Cabrian Hayes, who has won an upteen amount of gold gloves in the minor leagues. And defense doesn't go down when you move up. It, it just doesn't. Defense is defense, and that's what it is. I, I just don't understand all of the, the mental blunders that we see today. Travis Swaggerty thanks you for your opinion on that, because that's going to be his calling card if he makes it. So. <laughs> <laughs> But I, no, I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I, I do agree. I, you know, we have some defensive stalwarts, right? Frazier has not been one of them this year. No, he hasn't. He's and looked awful. And, yeah. and I mean, routine plays, just mm -hmm. not, not pulling Rare off. I, I talked about one the other day um, that actually contributed to some of the, the issues, you know, a, after Chad Cole started getting hit around. You know, Phil Evans fields a ball over at third base, and yeah, he's a little slow with his delivery, but he gets it over to second. Frazier just stands there leaning back on the base, waiting for the ball, and they don't yep. get any outs out of it. Yep. All he had to do was treat it like a, a normal reception where you're just trying to get that extra inch and stretch towards the ball. I'm talking a fraction yeah. of an inch and they get the out. Right. Mm -hmm. That Those are little plays that aren't going to show up and say, this guy doesn't deserve a gold glove but they matter. Yeah. And that's what I see when I watch Adam Frazier. I see mm -hmm. him fail to do the spectacular all the time, but I also see him fail to do the little things like this that push somebody from good fielder to superb oh. fielder. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, I've never been real big on him being cheated out of the gold glove or anything. I think there's been no, worthy, worthy victors along the way, but yeah. he's a good fielder. He should not look like, like an inept fielder as often as he does. And a lot of the time, I mean, go back and watch some of these games, watch the shift, watch where they position him and then watch where they pitch and then watch how it highlights his lack of range. Because he can't mm -hmm. get back to cover for what they're asking him to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, to me, a, a coaching fundamental mistake. And I see everybody do it. This isn't just Derek Shelton. This isn't right. like a better coach would do it better. This is reading mm -hmm. the analytics and then not following along and adjusting as you're going to pitch. Yeah. yeah. Graves, why don't you hit your next one on your list? All right. Moving Fowler and Alford out of the eight hole. Um, and I think, especially now with Hayes being out of the lineup for however long he's going to be out, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of play with the lineup a little bit, move some guys around, um, and just let them see different pitches, give them different opportunities and, and see if we can't get that back going, um, challenge them a little bit, put them in the two hole, um, See, you know, 
if, if Adam Frazier isn't leading off, you're probably going to have Newman up there. Somebody can slot down in, in, in Newman's slot in the lineup. I think it, there's nothing to lose in 2021. We've got to, we're, we still need to see what we have and, 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 and hopefully see some progress being made. You're just so, saying you don't want to, you don't want to get to the end of this year and look back and go, yeah, but we didn't really get to see Fowler or Alfred not hitting in the eight hole. We, it's really not fair to to say that their averages are. In, you want to see them in a prime position where they get a shot. Like you want to see Alfred lead off for a couple games. Flip flop them in the pitcher. Put put them in the ninth hole. You know, just give them just give them a different a different look. And right. and I mean. Are they going to be the the uh, center field option for the for the future? Uh, you know, we need to see it. They've got to be able to hit. And uh, right now, I think we're by stashing them down there in the bottom of the lineup isn't necessarily doing them any favors. And and I'd like to see a little bit uh, more experiment with the with the lineup. Well, see, this is one of those subjects that you've moved me on a little bit because. We were talking about this a little bit on Twitter the other day, and mm-hmm. you know, I kind of started out with, "Well, who else goes there then?" <laughs> because nobody else logically slots into the eight hole for me. But right. I guess maybe I'm trying too hard to make Jacob Stallings more than he is. He could move down there, no problem. He's already handled it before. Perez right. can can probably do it. Just did it yesterday, as a matter of fact. So it's not like it it can't happen. I just. Uh, I don't know how long of a leash I give them there either. That's my thing. So if they were to move Alfred up to say the leadoff spot, you know, you give them, you know, a fair shake there. Let's say he gets, you know, four games a week up there for a couple weeks and you kind of give an idea of, of what he can pull off there. If he's still hitting the way he is, meaning striking out half the time, and just not taking professional at-bats because I'm not seeing professional at-bats from him. That's my biggest concern. I can deal with no average. I can deal with not getting hits. I can deal with being snake-bitten. I can't deal with not taking professional at-bats with a professional approach. I'm not seeing that. I'm seeing swinging wildly at everything. I'm seeing missing contact on balls that actually do float in the middle of the zone. I mean – He's had three barrels on record in his entire career. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure that he's the answer in center field, but I'm with you as far as finding out if he's the answer in center field. Yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's the uh, that's kind of the goal. Um, you know, him, him and Fowler you could essentially say made the team because of options. Um, you know, they're, they're, uh, uh, we didn't want to lose Fowler. So we're, we, he made the team and we want to see what he, what, uh, what he can do. Same, same with Alfred. We need to give them, put them in the best position to succeed. And, um, and if that means, like you said, two weeks batting lead off or, or wherever, um, then let's do it because we, we need to be able to, we, to honestly evaluate what he can bring to the team. And, and if in two weeks, yeah, he's still looking as bad as what he is, then, you know, again, it goes back to the competition. The competition hasn't ended. And you, uh, you think about, uh, you know, said, you know, I, I believe he's out of options as well. So I guess uh, you, you put him on waivers and, and bring up one of the other guys. Yeah, I mean, because that's what these guys are. They're tryouts, right? Yeah. This is an extended tryout. So if it doesn't work, you've tried something. It was cheap. It didn't hurt anything. Exactly. Um, you weren't counting on him being the starter in 2026 or whatever. Right. Who cares? Let him right. go. Can Oliver, yeah, could Oliver be any worse? I mean, why not no. give him a shot no. if it doesn't and, work and he out? he hasn't been even worse. He. His his cup no. of coffee last year was better than what I'm seeing from Alfred right now. Yeah, I'd absolutely. Actually, I'd like to see Oliver. I yeah. mean, 
that which kind of leads right into my next bit of unsolicited advice, which is Pirates, if Gregory Polanco continues to play this way, and I mean on both sides of the ball, because his arm is dead. I'm sorry. His arm is dead. It's a liability. If he continues to play this way, I think it would be really a nice token to the fans if you would just cut him and bring up Brian Goodwin. I mean, I'm not saying Goodwin's going to be better, but get us somebody else and yeah. and just take the lightning rod off the team. You're not going to trade him for anything worthwhile if he's playing like this. Yep. And you're not going to save money. Just let him go. Just let him go. Yeah. Pack his bag, send him on his merry way. And, and uh, you know, it, it's unfortunate that he was never able to put it together. But, uh, you know, and to make those tough decisions, uh, you know, that's well above my pay grade. But Of course uh, you realize this means he's going to go on a hellacious tear now. Because... <laughs> good! Good! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm anxiously awaiting, you know, being nervous because we've recorded it. Because by the time it comes out, he will have hit two or three home runs and he'll look like he's carrying the team. People will be, you know, proposing trades for Tatis. It's going to be crazy. So, Anybody else got any unsolicited advice for the Buccos? And this this goes to towards the pitching staff pitch with an attitude pitch with an edge um we've seen it a few times from from uh we we talk, we we hit on on Cole earlier and how he just loses it when uh runners get on base yeah well but why does it take him walking three guys in a row to change his mentality to uh to say okay chad you need to start throwing strikes here. You need to stop dabbling. You know, if they're going to beat us, then let them hit the ball. You know, why is it taking so long? And, and by golly, if you're only going to give me five innings, it better be the best five innings you've ever pitched. I want the best. And I don't want to see you dabble at the corners. I want to see you attack that strike zone and have the mentality and the first inning that you have in your last inning and stop, stop wasting pitches. I mean, obviously you're going to have some, you know, your every pitch is not going to be a strike, but you know, if, if you can flip that switch that quickly from one inning to the next to where, okay, now I'm mad and I'm going to start throwing strikes, then you should have been able to do that earlier. Right. And I mean, you know, during an inning emotion takes over and, and things happen, and it changes the way you throw. I, I understand that. I do. Chad, he's attitude is not necessarily his issue as much as focus to me. Yeah. I feel like as soon as a runner gets on base, he just loses his focus. He can't, he can't focus on controlling the running game and getting outs at the same time. Right. And while – I don't want him to just ignore the running game and have, you know, what happened to Anderson happen, for instance. I also think perhaps it would be best to tell him right now to not worry about the running game and just focus on throwing pitches and Mm -hmm. and getting your outs. Um, At this point, they're going to score anyway. So what's it matter? (laughs) I mean, get your outs instead of compounding the problem and loading the bases and, and making it worse. It just seems to be a recurring theme with him enough that you just have to feel that way. But you're talking about pitching with emotion. I mean, I only see that from the young kids. I'm seeing like Luis Oviedo, not that yes. we'll, we'll touch on him again. Man, right. when he got that strikeout, he dropped into this crouch. He looked like uh, he looked like Zoidberg from Futurama. <laughs> Like yeah. <laughs> he's, he's, he yeah. just dropped down into this scuttle position and it was just, it was raw yeah. emotion coming from a kid that just. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, was, I, I love that. I, I love that. And I was, yeah. It was great. I, I, I was, a 21 year old, but his, his pitching demeanor is 
somewhat of a 10-year veteran it seems like just the way he approaches the bats you yeah, know he's challenging yeah. pitchers and that's what you want to see like you said or challenging you know i i just i love to see young guys like that take opportunities and run with them yeah, yeah. i mean it was, it was great to see and even david bednar after mm-hmm. he gave up those couple home runs the other day started he, you could tell that got under his skin a little bit he didn't right. like that and he didn't like that that, no. ne- that next fastball was a little faster that next curveball snapped off a little harder that yeah <laughs> yeah he was he was not pleased with with what he had put out as his work product and that's nice to see richard rodriguez i think has shown some emotion maybe it's the hair maybe you know maybe maybe he grew the closer he grew the closer hair and now he's going to start acting like one i like it you know (laughs) that was a guy that never showed you anything and now you know he's pumping his fist he's 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 looking like he's feeling it a little bit and that's fun to see and and good to see there's some of them um Chris Stratton looks like he's just punching a time clock right now. And yeah. a lot of that, I'm surprised a lot of that's that. kind of the way he's being utilized though. You know, he, yeah. he very much so is just clocking in and out because when he's being brought in, it, it it's workman's duty. It's not to save a game. It's not to extend a game or keep you in it. It's to just eat an inning or two and throw a right. few pitches and see what happens. I've liked what I've seen from Underwood as far as that goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, clay holmes though he has chad cole disease he does the same thing he looks awesome until he puts somebody on base and then he just goes south yeah Yeah. and that's that's something that you'd like to see the coaches help with but at the same time you know how the other day when uh wilmer defoe didn't score on that double right Right. Mm -hmm. because he went back and tagged up and and a lot of people were getting on joey core about that Joey Cora shouldn't have to tell you that. No. That should be taught. And, and this is an 11 year veteran. veteran. This is an 11 yeah. year veteran and a exactly. third baseman that knows how to play that on defense. Yep. There should be no question as to what you should do there. Yep. And that, I mean, that sort of stuff are the mental errors that I was kind of hoping we were going to eliminate this year. And I think that would probably be my final suggestion. Yeah. Is to work on the mental errors. I'm seeing an awful lot of of things that are just fundamentally incorrect, Mm -hmm. like Adam Frazier not stretching to catch that ball, like Wilmer Defoe making snafus, like, um, I can't remember who it was the other day, or Fowler that didn't tag up at third to score. Yeah. Yeah. You know, did it matter? We lost the game? No, we were going to lose the game anyway. But that, that kind of stuff is what, what takes a bad team struggling to try to get their footing and start to figure out which pieces are more permanent than others mm-hmm. and, and makes them look like they're not even a respectable ball club. Yeah. You can't have that kind of stuff and you can't have innings where you're kicking the ball all around, throwing it all over the place and just looking like a hot mess. If, if you're going to play defense like that, and you're going to play situational ball that way. Nobody's going to respect what you're trying to do. Exactly. And it reflects poorly on everybody involved in the organization. And I don't think the players actually catch enough heat when they make mistakes like that. It's not Joey's Joey Cora's fault. What Wilmer Defoe did the other day. And he could have been standing there screaming at the top of his lungs to get over halfway. And I'm sure he was. Yeah. <laughs> but but he didn't listen and he shouldn't no, have had to listen Bob Nutting's fault. yeah it's Bob Nutting's sh- fault. remember that yeah everything is Bob Nutting's fault I get that <laughs> but I mean Joey Core is a guy that I I think he he gets a lot of blame for things that just aren't his, aren't his fault yeah um yeah he has some questionable sins and and some some questionable holds and I, I think every third base coach does I'm not, I don't have like some great defense of Joey Cora, but I just think we need to put blame where blame lies. And an 11 year veteran should know what to do on a fly ball yeah. to, to yeah. right center field. That, I yeah. mean, that's, that's all there is to it. Yeah. And Fowler forgetting how many outs there is. That's not Joey Cora's fault. Somebody shouldn't pull up to third base and have to have their coach hold their hand and go, okay, 
This no, is the situation. There's one out. Okay. Yeah. I know you haven't been in the league for a while, Dustin, but there's one out. So what do you do? <laughs> yep. I mean, it's, that shouldn't have to happen at this level. No. Absolutely. And it shouldn't see, have to happen. We see it happen all prospects. too often. Yeah. yeah. It, like Dustin Fowler, for instance, he came up in the Yankees organization. How often do you do you talk about the Yankees? Oh, they're Yankees players. They're 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 playing like Yankees. Oh, the yeah. Yankees know how to develop. Oh, they sure do. Until yeah. they go somewhere else, and then they forget how to run from third to home. I, I mean, exactly. No, that's an individual player having a brain fart. That's what yeah. it is. That's exactly what it is. And they yeah. all need to cinch up a little bit because <laughs> <laughs> it's a mess. And I'm yeah. hoping that. Uh, the home opening weekend here is a reset for this team because Lord knows they need it. Well, you know, they've been, they've been on the road for so long. I mean, they've been down in spring training and then they started the season on the road. Yeah. Get them some good home cooking and, and uh, re reset and let's go win some ball games. Absolutely. All right. So I think, I think we've kind of covered a lot of ground here today and it was a great conversation as always. Um, I feel a little bit better. I do. I started out feeling a little bit irate after the Red Series. I feel a little bit better. Um, 162 games is a long time. And in a week or two at any given time isn't going to be a complete picture. So um, I'd really like to just say thank you to both of my guests. Um, first, Cody Patanko. Tell the good people where they can talk to you, good sir. Yeah, uh, you guys can talk to me on Twitter. That's where I usually am. And uh, that's Tank Patanko, P O T A N K O, 013. All right. And uh, Graves, great stuff as always. Tell the folks how to get at you. Well, I am Voice from the Graves, and you can talk to me at Twitter. I'm usually there all day, every day at kg underscore 55 vftg yes look for her boom whoever tweets after every home run there that's right that's <laughs> know, exactly right i know on the rare occasions i can't catch a game i get those faster than the espn notifications so <laughs> <laughs> um then again i'm i'm gary morgan you can find me on twitter gary mo 2007 we're, of course, in the asylum on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Uh, just because the show's over, the conversation doesn't have to end. Follow, subscribe, listen to all the shows on DK Pittsburgh Sports Radio. And until next week, let's go, Pets.